Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to Book Club Babes. Let's get into it. Hello. Oh my god, hello. Hi. Oh it's my god, long time like, see. I know it's been like 7,000 weeks. Well, since we've recorded anyway. Yes. And there's been lots that unfolded. You got married. I did get a husband in the in term. That was mm-hmm. exciting. And you stood beside yeah. me. I did. I went, I don't and- object. And you, yeah, and you made my, I actually, that wasn't an option for you guys. That was only um, an option for my dad and Marty's mom and stepdad during true, our, true. our secret one. Secret I wedding. Didn't, I didn't add it in as an option to the, true. to the main event. Cause I was like, we're already married. Nobody can object. <laughs> true. This is true. Yeah. And also. Gotcha. I I stood on your side and agreed with you that you should get as many dogs as you want. I know. And he said I can only have two. So I'm actively looking. <laughs> She's already looking, everybody. There's one that I really want to foster. I can't wait to hear about it on this on the weekend because it's also Caitlin's birthday tomorrow when you're listening to this. Oh, yeah. I'm old, bitch. I'm 33-year-old yeah. lady. Yeah. Welcome to the club. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 33. <laughs> That's how it right goes, off right? the right off the tip of the tongue. Nice. Rolls right off. Yes, Rolls Royce. It's the Rolls Royce of all ages. 33. Actually, 33 has been pretty great so far. I'll have to admit. It's not bad at all. And but we're going away for the weekend, and we're going to stay in an A-frame. Yeah. So yeah, we are. <laughs> we're we're doing that. I'm really. We're having a little I'm- getaway. What are okay. you like reading, watching, potting, anything? Crafting. Oh my god. Well, I'm knitting mittens. <gasps> I've already told me! you about this. For me. Um not not yours yet, but I'm oh, getting there. Okay. okay. And then You've got um, a quarter uh, list? Like, no, no, I'm just finishing a you know me and how weird I am. Yes. I yes. have to finish the ball of yarn first. <laughs> so oh, I'm finishing you know the open ball of yarn. I bet you Ashley would be the exact same as you. Let me know, Ashley. Do you Message knit me Ashley? on Instagram? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet you she would do the exact same thing. It's just the impulse is there. And it's just, yeah. it keeps things tidy. Anyways, you're next. And you know what? It's harmless. It's literally harmless. So It's, it's not hurting matter. anybody. So I'm knitting. That's one of the things that I'm doing. Cute. And then I read, I finished I'm almost finished. There's, I have so little after I fell asleep reading last night because I woke up and my was lights were on and my book was halfway across the bed. Anyways, um, Woman on the Edge. Oh, yes. You're that liking book. it? Oh, my God. Yes, because like at the end of every chapter, it's almost like a cliffhanger and you're like, I need to read more. Okay, I like that. Is it worth it? Like, what, are, what would you rate it so it's far? A, um, I would say it's like a four right now. I like it Damn. a lot. I'm like sped through it this weekend and it's only 220 pages or something like that. So that's not, it's like super quick. 
I think I only have read. Mm-hmm. I think I I don't have very many pages, like maybe twenty pages left. But oh, yeah, dang. Well, maybe that will be my next one. Yeah, that's exciting. It's good. It's yeah. good. And um, anything else? You must have yeah. finished what you were reading before the Caitlin Doty book. I don't think I have. I think I've got like one chapter left. I had to like put it down for a bit. I'm sorry. Are you reading three books? I am. It's too much. <gasps> it's giving me anxiety. <laughs> You're reading a, a real life book, uh, a fiction, and then uh, I don't know what this one is. Like a fantasy. It's got a fantasy vibe. I don't know. It's we're on a roller coaster. <laughs> it's weird. Oh my God. This book is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-N-A-
after all this time after all this time (laughs) I hope I haven't missed anybody with all the rigmarole that we have been going through but I don't think we have I think it's just Bridget so hello hello and thanks for joining us being our one and only gal after all this time after all this time away everybody's over us they're like uh not relevant uh, anymore <laughs> worst podcast ever never heard of her goodbye <laughs> actually funny enough shauna um our friend shauna is reading bear town with us right now but she's reading ba- bear town and listening to the, po- the podcast which i know she's mm. going to the beginning i didn't even think about that <laughs> but she's like why do you guys and all the others love this book it's literally just about hockey like why do you love this book I don't want to keep reading but you guys love it so I'm gonna keep reading and I'm like it's so good (laughs) it's such a good book and that was the first Frederick Backman book that I had read and I like oh I want to read his new one coming out this month it's (laughs) exciting eh yeah I feel like I gotta read the middle one to read the last one though Again, true, true, or listen true. to it or something. Because mm-hmm. what if something happens yeah. and I don't understand? But it's in the true. I should, one. I should do a reread. Okay, okay, okay. We should talk about the book that we're reading this week, which okay. is Wrong Place, Wrong Time by Jillian McAllister. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. All right. (laughs) I go first. <laughs> That's correct. I wrote this it book down. Is a trip. And I actually had out. to like I put my little guide at the top of my note and then mm-hmm. I would even write like when it was your chapter so that I would like never forget what I was reading because I was there's no way to tell. There's no odd numbers. I know. It's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to keep track. It is. And it's just crazy. So you don't, you never know where you're going to end up, right? Mm-hmm. And this one, I feel like you also need to pay attention to what the chapter is called so you know where you are. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll start. <laughs> I'll shut up. What day so, is this even? Right? I know, right? <laughs> okay. It's day zero, just after midnight. We first meet our main character her name is Jen and she is happy that the clocks are going back tonight we find out that she's been waiting up for her son Todd who is 18 now as it's past midnight on October 13th 
which I'm guessing is his birthday. Um, and so now he's an adult and he can do whatever he wants. And she knows this. So she's just waiting up for him because I think that's probably just what moms do. So she's been carving a pumpkin that she places in the window. It's badly carved, but she did it anyway to pass the time. Her husband, whose name is Kelly, awakes and he checks in with her and he is wearing no clothes, <laughs> which is just kind of funny. Penis. Um, penis everywhere. <laughs> and he sees the pumpkin and asks if she's been busy. She says that all the other neighbors had one. Um, and then we also find out that Kelly is Welsh within that same. I don't know if that's really important. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of taken place over there. Right. Blimey. So, yes, that's what it is. <laughs> um, Todd's curfew is 1 p.m. And Kelly does not think it's weird. That 1 a.m.? Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I did write p.m. though. Um, and I am thinking of the middle of the night. So that's good. That's really cool. <laughs> Todd's curfew is 1 a.m. And Kelly does not think it's weird that he's not home yet. So Kelly goes back to bed. Jen is just kind of wandering around the house. She's thinking about work. We find out that she is a lawyer. Um, she's thinking about this divorcing couple that she's working with right now who are arguing over China plates. Um, but it's actually like betrayal. It's not really the plates and just sort of how that's her life. She's so consumed with all of that. She finally sees Todd out on the street and she feels relieved. She's like, oh, good. He's coming home. Um, and she notices that he looks to the side and she follows his gaze as he sees someone else who Jen is guessing is much older than he is. She has this sudden overwhelming feeling of deja vu, which is a weird feeling. Like, <laughs> side note in yeah. the real time, deja vu is like. I haven't gotten it at all lately, but they say I've heard before that deja vu when you feel it, it's like a sign that you're super in touch with what's happening, like in the present. Oh, I not was just necessarily like, like you've experienced it before. Right. I've always been like, oh, old wives tale, like you've crossed your path in like your past life. But that's Maybe. obviously wise tale. I mean. But I, what I'm saying isn't a science fact either. But so. I feel like that makes more sense of what deja vu actually is. But True. But who knows? Who knows? You never know. I guess. True. So she's feeling this overwhelming deja vu. She feels that something is wrong. Um, and she's watching what's unfolding outside. Something is very wrong. She yells for Kelly while she's running down the stairs. They both end up running outside. Kelly tells Jen to stop. Todd has the front of the stranger's coat in his hand. And then there is a knife. And then there are three stab wounds. And the author does a really good job here of making you wonder who got stabbed. Because I thought Mm -hmm. it was Todd originally. And I was like, oh, God. Me too. Or Kelly. Because then I was like, wait, was it the dad? Was it? everybody's like it was so frantic that moment yes yes Mm -hmm. it was really frantic they did a good job of you Mm -hmm. know making it seem like it could have been anybody but as it turns out todd has stabbed the stranger um jen can't read todd's expression and we find out that she's never been able to read todd interesting and it's dramatic i don't know yeah it is it is Mm -hmm. it's yeah 
um day zero again just after one um p.m 1 or a.m a.m <laughs> 1 a.m um someone so jen is thinking like someone must have called the police because she can hear them coming she's literally like who what when where why the fuck is going on mm-hmm. um todd tells jen that he had to um stab this person apparently and jen is in shock and wondering like how could her son do this um she tells kelly not to tell anything to say anything to the police um they end uh, kelly is or sorry jen is trying to like put pressure on the wounds of the stranger they don't know who it is right now um and then once the police arrive they remove her like move her away from the stranger and she is just stand left standing there like looking between her husband and her son who just stabbed somebody that would be so Um, messed up (laughs) yes yeah obviously everybody's like totally speechless um and she's watching everything but she knows that she should be taking control because she's a lawyer um and she can't like break past that barrier that wall that she's just totally in shock Mm -hmm. um she asks her son what happened and he said well i stabbed him so i guess they'll arrest me (laughs) (laughs) but that reading like reading on it kind of seems that that's not necessarily so out of line like that's kind of his character Mm-hmm. like yeah he, he has a lot of puns and he says things literal like when mm-hmm. she called him later on and she's like where are you and he's like i am on planet earth or whatever like exactly true i don't know but i don't know uh, yeah it's still so jen good. exactly it's yeah that's the right word um jen's tells him to stop talking um todd offers his wrist to the um, police officers and he's cuffed he ignores Jen and she trying to plead um, and telling like telling them, the police officers, that she's a lawyer, though she's not a criminal lawyer. She's a lawyer nonetheless. Um, and she's just now she's in like lawyer mode by the sounds of it or kind of getting there at least. Um, she's just thinking like we have to find out why he did this like the why behind it all um Mm. she looks away from the police and she looks at the stranger and she's sure he is dead um and kelly is looking like heartbroken as well like just witnessing all like witnessing their son that's it's crazy anyways Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i can't imagine um later on they're at the police station kelly is furious um he says that he'll do the talking um and he this is out of character for him because he rarely lets his guard down um and the officer she can hear an officer on the phone and jen is straining to listen um apparently there was a crime two days ago as well with the same kind of mo i guess Mm -hmm. um we hear about the name we hear she hears words like section 18 and nicola williams and that the perpetrator is a wall and she knows that section 18 is um 
like essentially a stabbing um, or like intent to harm with a weapon or something like that was the Mm -hmm. legal jargon. Um, And so she's going to have to talk to Todd about this as well. So that's sketchy, though. I find that strange that that hasn't really come back yet. That part. The name. Other than the name. Yeah. Other than the name. Yes. Mm -hmm. The police tell him, tell them, tell Kelly and Jen that Todd will be staying there overnight and they'll be interviewing them soon. Um, and then they can't see him because they are witnesses, which that fucking sucks. Yes, like she's a this lawyer, is... a witness, yep. and a mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what exactly. role do you play? <laughs> Honestly, um, Kelly, this enrages Kelly. Obviously, um, Jen tries to defuse the situation by um trying to find any of her contacts in criminal law. The police inform her that sh- he doesn't want a lawyer. <laughs> which is also very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, Kelly is done. He tells the cop, the copper to fuck off <laughs> and fuck you. Um, and this does not go over well. The police obviously they can talk to him tomorrow. Yikes. Mm-hmm. So then this is when the chapter titles start to aid you. Mm-hmm. Now we're on day minus one. Oh, eight. So eight a.m. This time, Jen wakes up. She doesn't remember going to bed. She hopes that Kelly is awake and making phone calls already because he is not in bed. She feels like she needs to figure this out with Todd. Um, she had noticed small changes in him recently, kind of moodiness, weight loss, and secrecy. But she thought it was just because he was getting older, and this is like a regular teenage thing to do. Um, she's wondering how they had come to raise a murderer, which is something that I have thought about when, like, having children or, like, the parents of a murderer. I wonder how much guilt and, like, thought that those people take on, like, in real and actual life, because that would be bananas to be like, I birthed a murderer. Cool. (laughs) Like, how did that happen? And we do see her, like, reflecting on that later on, Mm -hmm. too, which is an interesting... I kind of like that part of the... in Like, in terms of... I don't don't love a book that, like, focuses on motherhood in, like, a Mm -hmm. overwhelming way, but I'm really kind of jiving with how she's feeling. So it's kind of interesting that way. Um, Todd comes out of his bedroom, and he's dressed as if he's going for a jog. And she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm going to meet Connor, who is his new friend. And we also find out then that he has a new gr- newish girlfriend whose name is Cleo. She asks Todd about his arrest. And he has absolutely zero fucking idea what she's talking about. Um, it's then that she looks over and she realizes that the pumpkin isn't in the window. She tells him she was up waiting for him and that the clocks went back. And he says the clocks go back tomorrow and that today is Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're still on day minus one, but now it is 8.20. So she tells Todd to hold on a second um, <laughs> and ask, and she's thinking, like, what the fuck is going on? Um. 
again, who, what, when, where, why, how, she checks her phone and Todd is right. It is October 28th. And she's wondering how this happened. So she calls Kelly, her husband, and asks about Todd. And was he arrested last night? What happened last night? Those kind of questions. He's like, what are you talking about? Have you gone mad is literally what he's asking. It's starting to dawn on her that if it didn't happen last night, then her son isn't a murderer. Maybe she has, in fact, lost her mind. Or maybe it was just a relief. dream so she's Mm -hmm. feeling like a wave of relief wash over her um todd reappears and she tells him that she had a dream where she killed he killed somebody and he asks who which i found odd Mm -hmm. um and then things start playing out like it was yesterday which is really strange. And then she was thinking that maybe it's a premonition that she had. So she's still trying to just figure it all out. Um, And then she realizes that maybe um, she can change the events maybe of what happens later, like the next day. And she tells Todd that I think I heard something on your computer upstairs. So he runs upstairs. He runs upstairs to check and she finds the knife in his backpack. I couldn't imagine finding Mm -hmm. a knife in your kid's backpack Mm -hmm. after you just had this dream premonition vision or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's solidifying that it was real. Real. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that would be a a mind trip. Yeah. Okay. now we're at day minus one and it is 830. So literally 10 minutes after Chantal. <laughs> um, Jen really did not think she would find a knife. So she hides it in the cupboard under the stairs and puts away the rest of his stuff. And then she hears him coming. When Kelly gets home, she tells him that she found a knife in Todd's bag. Jen tells Kelly that she saw Todd stab someone with this knife yesterday. He asks if she's gone to, quote, Mad Town, which is, I guess, something that's like their little inside joke. Um, And she wants to think of something that's about to happen so she can prove to Kelly that it's real. Like, she's like, I need to, to, like, find something so I can prove it. Kelly says he didn't see anything last night and that when he gets home, they'll ask Todd about the knife because we also find out that wherever they're located it's a criminal offense to have a knife on you to purchase a knife or whatever later on she tells kelly that she has lived this day twice he banters with her and he really doesn't take it seriously jen ends up putting on grays and tries to chill which i was like hell yeah great chill show i'm here with you for that um it's obviously not working. We find out a little bit more about Jen and Kelly's relationship. They've been together for 20 years. Um, they met when he came into her dad's law firm asking if they needed any redecorating. They ended up going on like an accidental lunch together um, and they got along really well. She tries to convince herself that this is all just a dream, but things keep happening that she's totally able to predict because she literally lived this day already. Um, she takes the knife and waits for Todd to come home in the hopes of an explanation of an explanation or some truth from him. 
She says, I found this when he gets home and he tells her that it's quote a mates. She says that that is literally the oldest lie in the book that people at work use that like expression all the time. Literally your mother's a lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) Like you couldn't even, I don't know what, like, I don't don't know. know. I don't know what you would say, but still come on. Yeah. I don't know what you'd say or like, uh, yeah, I have that for fishing. Like, I don't know, any any use that you could come up with. Honestly, anything. I bought it because it looked cool. Like, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Kelly comes out and says that he'll speak to him about the knife. So Jen is reminiscing about how he was an easy kid, that the whole recent drama was when this girl that he was dating dumped him for being, quote, too weird. Um, Jen had ended up having to console Todd about this and he had showed her the texts between the two of them and she knew by reading those texts that he was a little intense like stage five clinger yeah he was a little much yeah Mm -hmm. so she knows this about her kid right Todd is defensive and angry and Jen says if he doesn't tell her where it came from he's not leaving the house for days he says fine and storms past her asking if she thought that he was going to kill himself, which was a weird um, alleyway for that to take. Like, I wrote that down because I was like, OK, interesting. Like mm-hmm. he that's where he goes, mm-hmm. like as an mm-hmm. accusation instead of like, did you think I was going to kill someone? Do you think mm-hmm. I was going to kill myself? Anyway, Kelly says that they'll sort it out tomorrow. He comes downstairs for water. Todd does rather while Jen is sitting in the kitchen Um, and when Todd goes back upstairs he checks to make sure that the door is locked and then he checks it again and this is odd behavior from him Mm -hmm. something sketchy is going down something fishy so it is day minus two um 8 30 in the morning before Jen even wakes up opens her eyes she's wishing please don't be friday please don't be friday that would be groundhog day right yes yeah exactly just living the same day over and over Over again yeah um she wakes up uh, she goes downstairs and she finds a clean kitchen and she's thinking that maybe this is all over and done with but wrong it isn't it's Uh, the 20s it is now the 27th of october so that's the day before the day before the incident yes so she's figured out okay we're going backwards but are we going to be going backwards forever she needs to talk to somebody who will understand her and she knows who that is and that's going to be Rakesh her longtime co-worker they seem to be very good friends work BFFs Mm -hmm. work BFFs gotta have one of those exactly so we find out a little bit of about Rakesh he is originally he was originally in medicine and now a lawyer so uh, just a smarty pants obviously (laughs) (laughs) Um, and she wants his unqualified medical opinion (laughs) so she asks him what disease would you have if you are stuck in a time loop kind of like Bill Murray on Groundhog Day he says stress, but also nothing good. He like lists brain mm-hmm. tumors and whatever. All oh stuff my god! That- could you imagine how that's how this book ends? She's got a fucking brain tumor, and no. that is real. I'm pissed. 
I'm already pissed if that's mm-hmm. the ending. <laughs> so she tells him that she keeps waking up further in the past and that Todd commits a really bad crime. Um, he asks, so you've been to the future. Um, she says, so you don't think I'm crazy? And he says, no, not really. But you're probably like under a lot of stress and anxiety. But also I have no fucking clue. (laughs) Jen knows deep down that it's not stress. um, And she doesn't make this known, but Rakesh tells her that a friend did something about time travel for his PhD, something about time loops and theoretical physics. And his name is Andy Vitesse or Vitesse. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So after speaking to Rakesh, um, she feels a lot calmer just mm-hmm. getting it off of her chest and that he didn't think that she was crazy. <laughs> um, she's wondering though how it happens um she's wondering if it's when she sleeps and she's wondering how she gets out of it and maybe she needs to do something to save Tob, todd and then she'll get out of this loop she does a little googly woogly and she gives me so much anxiety i know thinking about if this was real no i don't know i don't know yeah um she starts googling she finds something called a bootstrap paradox which is a lot of jargon that i didn't even understand and it turns out that jen didn't either um (laughs) but this one was more her speed and more my speed which was five easy tips to escape to escape a time loop it's like a buzzfeed article yeah exactly (laughs) yeah And those reason, those five easy tips are find out why, tell a friend, document everything, um, experiment, and try not to die. So, <laughs> oh, reassuring. Yeah, yes, exactly. So she's starting to wonder where this is heading. And she's wondering if she's going to have to like make a maternal sacrifice for her son. Um, but she knows that she needs to get Kelly on her side and understanding her. Um, and hopefully that will help stop the murder. Um, and she's wondering though, if she took the knife, then why didn't that work to get her out of the loop and stop the murder? So these are all, she's just got a lot of questions, a lot of cues with no A's at this point. Mm -mm, Zero. Yes. So back at home, she's thinking about Todd and she's wondering who even is Cleo. Um, She hasn't even met her yet, and um, he seems to be checking over his shoulder a lot, Um, and he comes home and asks what she's looking up, and she says, time loops. She's just, like, being straight up, and he's Mm -hmm. actually interested, like, oh, that's cool, Um, and she asks him what he would do if he was in one. Um. And then he explains to her that it's usually the tiniest detail um, and kind of like the butterfly effect. I don't know if everybody's seen that movie or whatever, but it's I feel like it's an episode of The Simpsons, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the Probably. dragonfly or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he explains that the butterfly effect is that one small thing changes the future. And at this point, she decides to follow him on his way to Cleo's classic this is like a pip move Mm -hmm. we got a pip 2.0 
2.0, but hardly. Mm-mm. Anyway, so now it's day minus two, 19, zero, zero, which is 7 p.m. Had to look that one up. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen is following Todd in her car. He slows down Esh Road North um, and parks his car. So Jen does the same. She can see that Todd went into number 32. So she looks up the address on her phone and she can see that it is listed as a business called Cutting and Sewing Limited. And it is owned by Ezra Michaels and Joseph Jones. She's standing in front of this house because she's been on her phone and someone starts to exit the house, but she's in the way. So she can't, there's no way that she can like secretly get out of this guy's way. So suddenly she's face to face with this man. And who is this man? But the victim from the stabbing. Shit. That's a fucking mind trip. That's a mind freak. Yes. What do you even do? What do you even say? You can't be like, yo, you died. Like, Mm -hmm. you're going to die. You're going to (laughs) die. My son's going to kill you. Someone's going to kill you. But my son, not even someone. Yes, true. That guy who just went out of the house is going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. 20 minutes later. This is the next chapter, day minus two, but 20 minutes later, um, she says, hi, I'm Todd's mom, Jen. (laughs) Not weird at all. Yes. He kind of acts like he knows her a bit. And then he introduces himself as Joseph Jones. Um, And that he confirms that Todd is dating my business partner, Ezra Michael's niece. And she explains that she's a bit worried about him and all that stuff. He tries to calm her down and said that there's nothing to worry about and that he's in safe hands. He continues on his way. And there's kind of like an awkward, like you go in this way, you go in that way kind of thing. She goes up and rings the doorbell. Anyways, Todd is like, what the fuck are you doing here? Um, and Todd is very defensive. Um, uh Ezra I mean as you would be if your mom suddenly mm-hmm. showed up at your girlfriend's yes house. unannounced yeah like exactly. she'd obviously followed him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would yes. be like what? mom mm-hmm. why why you gotta do this to me mm-hmm. um Ezra makes a comment saying oh you're Jen hmm which is strange because like I don't know I guess maybe not but I don't know. I thought well, he probably strange. talked about his mom. True. I don't know. Um, so that makes hurt Jen think like, oh, he must talk about me. Interesting. She's like looking around the house and like trying to take in her surroundings a bit. Um, and that this house doesn't seem like a home, like it doesn't smell like a home or anything like that. She's telling Todd, like, I you sent me your address, and she's trying to like you know be a sneak but she's not yeah. a very good sneak he's like no, no i didn't see like look at my phone no i didn't um so then before she goes she's i'll i'll leave but i need to use the bathroom um so instead of using the bathroom she's sleuthing and sussing out the the place she's ballsy i feel mm-hmm. like i wouldn't do uh-uh. anything like that uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> no so she like puts the tap on and then she's like rummaging around she finds cleo's phone and thankfully it's unlocked um there's text mess she goes to her her text messages and finds the messages between her and todd 
he says that um, he would do anything for Cleo. And then she wonders, like, murder or what? Yikes. What? Yeah. Anything. What's anything? And Mm -hmm. then she pieces out. She also emails Andy. um, And then she's back at home and she's telling Kelly that she's worried about Todd and that he's in with a bad crowd and she's not sure about Cleo. Kelly then makes a comment asking if he Todd is still with her um, because he had Todd had told him that sh- they weren't together anymore, which interesting question mark. And that also that Kelly has a surprise for her and it's a pumpkin but it's a completely different looking pumpkin than what she bought, which is strange. So things are starting to change here. I'm Mm -hmm, seeing. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of freaks her out, right? It does. Yes. It freaks her out. And now she's worried that she's going to change things too much about Mm -hmm. the future with what she's doing. Like in the movies, quote unquote, she tells him that she's living her days backwards again. He's still like, I don't believe you. This is crazy. You're mad. Like Mm -hmm. what's going on? Um, And then they go to bed, but she wants to see when this kind of changes. So she stays up past midnight um, and it changes to October 28th. um, And she's like pacing around, trying to drink coffee, watching TV. She's watching the same news unfold um, and she's doing anything to keep her eyes open. But she closes her eyes for just a second and dot, dot, dot. This chapter is called Ryan, which is a bit of a break from the the timeline. Mm -hmm. I'm just realizing now that Ryan is the police Mm -hmm. officer. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. So Ryan is 23 and he is on his first day as a police constable. He is excited to make a difference. That's what he thinks his job is going to be. Um, He finds out that he's assigned to PC Luke Bradford as his, like the, like mentor, like it's his mentor to like teach him, teach him on his first day or whatever. Um, Because he's new, he has to make tea for everyone for the briefing. Um, It turns out that they all want something different and he's the only one, he's the only new person at this department. So he does it all. And then he realizes he didn't even make himself a tea at the end of it all. But he's so excited. He's like, whatever. It's all good. The worst. Um, that, yeah, that would suck. I would not be so mad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I would do something like that. I feel like I would maybe be like, I'll make the tea and I'll bring in the sugar and I'll bring in the milk and you can all serve yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's Work the easiest smarter. way to you get your drink. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway. um, So he finds out that himself and Luke are on 999 calls, triple nine. Um, That's their duty for the day. So the first call that they get is about an elderly male who is drunk and being offensive to passerbys. Um, Luke ends up knowing who this man is and he calls him old Sandy. We find out that he's a man who's experiencing homelessness and he drinks a shit ton of vodka on the regular. Um, they also call Ryan Mike as a nickname because he messed up the like phonetic alphabet and didn't get it. And so now that's his new nickname. It's Mike, which would also suck. Mm-hmm. I don't love that. I would hate if someone was calling me not by my name. Yeah. But this is why I don't have a job like that. 
Good thing we're not um, police officers. Yes, very good thing. So he knows that this nickname is going to stick as well. Um, the day is fairly boring and he's soaking wet from the rain. We find out that Ryan was raised by his single mother um, and that he has a brother who has struggled with life. So his role as a police officer is really like almost like a redemption. Like he wants to be able mm-hmm. to help people like his mother or his brother and do good. And it's probably some sort of like for his mother, he's like doing like he's has a respectable job and whatever. Yes, yeah. Um, Ryan ends up running into a CID, which I'm guessing is like one level higher mm-hmm. than whatever PC Luke Bradford was or yeah. a yeah. couple levels. I don't know. Ranked higher. Yes. Um, and he's named Pete, but he says that they call him Muscles, which is like a pretty good nickname. True. I don't know. It's I'm... better than Mike. True. He ends up making a joke to Ryan about um, him not having understood the lingo. And Ryan thinks that not all good policemen talk that way. So we're really being painted a picture about Mm -hmm. the way that Ryan thought it would be versus the way that it is playing out to be. Mm -hmm. It's day minus three, 8 a.m. So then she wakes up and it's the 26th. Shit. She's wondering... First thought is honestly that, and when will this end? Yes, she just until she's into affinity. Yes, well, that's yeah, that's what she's wondering. She's like wondering if this is going to go until she ceased to exist or what. And she's adamant. Imagine having to live through high school again. Fuck that. And oh, spells. No, no. Fuck that. Okay, "Mm -mm. I'm out of here. See ya. Okay. (laughs) um so okay so she's feeling like she needs to know the rules what is going on how can I get out of this what can I expect um she obviously she feels like what's going to stop her is the crime and obviously she hasn't her actions to this point in the past haven't been enough to stop her Mm -hmm. and then she's like well wait is that really what I need to do I don't know then she starts going spiraling spiraling um she finds todd looking for something and this reminds her of his childhood um and she feels guilty for all the things she did or didn't do um she then just straight up asks him if he knows joseph jones which he denies sus Mm -hmm. um She's trying to log into his devices and then realizes that she can get onto his Xbox and she's looking at messages to Connor and they're about times um, like 11 p.m. drop off. And this concerns her. Like, why is she he dropping off anything so late mm-hmm. in the evening? Mm-hmm. And she says that she thinks I'm going to ask my friend Pauline, which is Connor's mother um what's the deal with her son (laughs) like what's going on with your son Mm -hmm. um and Mm -hmm. she's also remembering the night of the murder and how Todd showed no remorse um and then she's also thinking about like things of um she's also thinking about like what's the point of doing things like going to work and cleaning the house if Mm -hmm. it's all gonna be 
not there tomorrow. But I was wondering, wouldn't that affect the future, though? Would something as like benign as cleaning your house affect the future? Well, like, wouldn't like would it become hoarder status over time? Like, if she just kept on that path of like, what's the point of well, no, going to she's work? Going backwards. But wouldn't there be a future still going on? Ah, uh, like something would change. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I think we get a little bit more when she gets in touch with some people. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So yeah, she's wondering like, what's the point of doing things? Um, she hasn't gotten a response back from Andy. So then she tries calling him and then also emailing two more people about time travel. At this point, she's wondering how she can convince Kelly. So she starts a log of what she knows. She knows Joseph Jones name and his address. He knows that Cleo might be involved and that Connor and Todd talk about drop-offs. She decides to do the school run for a change. Um, and this makes this makes her feel like she wished she had done more of these. She finds Pauline and we find out that they became friends after representing her in her divorce from her cheating ex-husband who was Ooh. sending dick pics to his mistress. <laughs> <laughs> yikes she decides to cut right to the chase and asks um tells her that todd is acting strange and asks if connor is also asking strange acting strange she tells her she's reading between the lines and um jen appreciates that but she says that connor seems fine but she's going to do some digging Mm. she seems really chill yes she does exactly um Todd pieces out to Cleo right away when they get home and he's feeling irritated by both of his parents and even tells them to like get a hobby like stop focusing on me um this makes Jen want to Facebook stalk Cleo we find out that she's a few years older than Todd and goes to an art college nearby um she her profile is full of model-esque shots a strange amount of political memes flowers and other teenager stuff and at this moment jen decides that she's going to talk to her pauline then calls with the scoop from connor and we find out that todd knows these older guys that are related to his new girlfriend and there's a weird vibe at their house Um, she mentions the company that Jen already knows about, and she mentions that she thinks it's a front, but she'll keep her posted and she's going to do more digging. Um, she decide then Jen decides that she's going to use the car accident that's going to happen today to prove to Kelly about the time loop in hopes that it will stop everything about this. Yeah. So they walk to the scene of the crash the accident and she tells him what's going to happen i was worrying like why wouldn't you just try to stop it that's callous to just watch it happen but we find out that the person is unharmed like yeah they're they're fine um so then it all happens the car comes around the corner and loses control and crashes kelly's first comment is this is mental and jen agrees and he says that he's going to try to believe her um so then Jen tells Kelly 
everything that's going on and what she's like concluded and everything like that gives him the scoop on joseph he asks what asks what her theory is she thinks that todd is scared of them and he's gotten too far involved and can't get out kelly helps expand her list with possible reasons of why he would kill somebody he they think maybe self-defense loss of control um conspiracy or maybe a hitman kelly jokes that this isn't james bond um Mm. and she then asks him what he would do if he was in her situation and he would kill joseph if he could get away with it which is interesting yeah that is a quite the move mm -hmm. uh i feel like my first thought would be like do i need to kill my kid (laughs) like just to make sure that what's Mm -hmm. better i don't Mm -hmm. know yeah i don't i I mean i guess that's kind of selfish in a way yeah because having a kid in jail is probably better than Mm having killed your kid but i don't know (laughs) i don't know i don't know what the right thing is but you can tell that kelly has a side to him that's like no hesitation yeah like mm-hmm. he can like kind of s- switch in a second so I don't yeah. know if there's something going on there but he seems like a good guy interesting I don't think he's involved I don't think suck. he's a I don't think he's involved I don't know if maybe uh, it has something to do with Todd's personality or something uh, I don't know okay 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 yeah. okay all right now we are on day minus four nine in the morning it's four days back now and the notebook is blank because she hasn't written in it yet and she is fucking frustrated and I would be too because that is the worst like Mm -hmm. so she realizes that the entire conversation that she had with Kelly and everything that she has done up until this point has not happened So she can't even talk to her husband about it anymore. Like she probably felt so much relief thinking that she had this like perfect sounding board Mm -hmm. and it's gone. So she does end up asking Kelly if he remembers their walk last night. He doesn't. She realizes that telling him actually archived nothing. I would be livid. Um, She realizes that if the notebook is blank, the emails she sent to Andy haven't been sent either. She checks and she's right. The emails have not been sent. She's like freaking out so she goes into work and she tells Rakesh again what she's going through but this time it's flat and factual because she has told this story many times Mm -hmm. although this is in fact the first time that Rakesh has heard the story that would be the weirdest thing like (laughs) she is over it she's over she's over it yes yeah I am too though like Mm -hmm. I'm super over this Mm -hmm. I have no idea how this book is gonna go like none Mm -hmm. Anyway, so she tells Rakesh what's going on again, and she asks him to contact Andy for her and that she needs to meet him today. He's like, I'm positive I've never told you about Andy. And she's like, yeah, you did, but can you just do this? And he's like, okay. Um, so they arrange to meet in a cafe that Jen likes. As she walks there, she takes stock of all of the ways that she thinks she could have been a shitty mother, um, as if she's trying to make sense of what she has seen Todd do in the future which is reasonable I feel like that is something that you would do 
she meets with Andy and she can tell that he's not really feeling this rushed meeting. Um, she ends up unloading literally everything. She leaves out no details. She can tell that he might not be totally believing her. I think he asks her something like, I don't need to ask you whether you think this is true or something, which is mm-hmm. just like a passive aggressive post-it note. So then what she does is she says that he wins an award in two days and he is hella shocked and he knows about what the award is and he knows that he's been shortlisted and he does a quick Google and he says that information is not in the public domain. And Jen says she's glad about that because she's like, I'm telling you the truth. I Googled you and you had won the award. Yeah. So now he starts to take it a little bit more seriously. So. She asks if it's possible, and he says he's not sure, but that it's not impossible. He asks her to cut her finger with a knife and says if the cut isn't there tomorrow, she's living in yesterday's body rather than time traveling, which was an interesting differentiation. Yep. I can't say it either. Which was an interesting observation to make. There we go. Thank you. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Um, He tells her that, quote, it's theoretically possible for you to have somehow created such a force that you are stuck in a closed timeline curve, end quote. Whatever the fuck that means, I don't know. But it's there. She asked how she can get out of it, and he said that the obvious answer would be to reach the inception of the crime. She asks what would happen then, and he says she would stop the crime from happening, essentially. That's what he's thinking is going on, and she had sort of summarized that as well. Um, Jen wonders if perhaps she knows something or can find something out that can, in fact, stop this crime from happening. They part ways. Jen calls Todd to find out where he is. He is at their house. That's when that like weird exchange about like I'm on the internet at our house or whatever happens. Um, so guess what Jen does? She's like, I'm gonna go see Cleo. <laughs> Classic. She does somehow feel that the key to all of this rests with Cleo. So what she knows is that around the time that Todd met Cleo and started hanging out with Connor, which was a similar time frame, um, there was a change in Todd. So she knocks on the door and Cleo answers. Obviously, she has to introduce herself again because she knows who Cleo is, but Cleo has no idea who she is. She asks if she can come in and chat. Cleo is 100% not cool with this and like weirded out and she's really avoiding all of this. And then Jen's trying to observe everything. So in the background, she notices that Cleo has a Chanel handbag and she's like, that can't be fake, but that's also like 5,000 pounds, which is really expensive for like a college student to just casually Mm -hmm. have that. Mm -hmm. So... Cleo says she can't talk about it with her and then tells her that they broke up but got back together yesterday and that it's complicated. And when Jen asks how it's complicated, Cleo steps back and she's like, I can't. She shuts the door and walks away. That's fucking weird. Yeah, weird (laughs) vibes. Um, As she walks away from the house, she notices a police car pass with the same officer inside that arrested Todd, who is Ryan, right? The young looking officer? Maybe. Okay. 
she decides she needs to ask her son about all of this. She's like, I don't know what else to do. They walk together to the corner store. It's like a regular occurrence that they do. She asks if he could time travel, if he would go forward or back. He says back so that he could tell past him some stuff um, and that he would email himself by setting it on a timer. He's thinking like researching stocks so that he could become like rich, et cetera, and telling yeah. himself that in the email. So she decides she'll write herself an email with instructions on how to stop the murder. It could be easy enough, right? Mm-hmm. Could be, maybe. <laughs> she tells him that she's seen the future and he thinks she's joking. She tells him there will be someone at the store wearing a trilby, which I had to look up and it is a narrow brimmed hat, like a fedora. Oh, okay. So she tells him that in four days time, he kills someone And it takes him a minute to process this because that would be hella fucked up hearing from your mother. Um, And then he goes inside and he comes back out and he's seen the man wearing the hat and he thinks that she saw it from down the street. And he's pretty shaken up over all of this. And he tells her that he would like never, never, ever kill someone. Like he's like adamant. Yeah. 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 Um. He won't tell her why Cleo and him broke up, and he doesn't even tell Kelly what Jen has told him when they get home, which is odd behavior because usually he would, like, revel in the fact that he could make fun of his mother with his dad, but mm-hmm. he he doesn't say anything. He's just, like, shook. Mm-hmm. Um, and before Jen falls asleep, she sends off that timed email. Okay, oh. so now... It's day minus eight at 8 a.m. And the email didn't work. And this is the first time that she's tr- skipped back more than one day. <laughs> she's going to snoop in Todd's room again because Kelly and Todd are going to go for a run. And this is the perfect time. Bye. And after a gimme, um, after 20 minutes, she finds something all wrapped up. And she's like, is it drugs? What's going on? So she unwraps it and nope it's not um it's a mercy side police badge for ryan hiles 2648 the next thing is an a4 poster of a missing baby give me the baby give me the baby a dingo took my baby (laughs) yeah that too and at that she's like what the fuck is going on and then lastly there's a burner phone and there's Never only three there's only three contacts joseph ezra and nicola williams which is that name from before the texts are of times of meetings and strange back and forth um with nicola um though she is happy i'm not going to go into the text messages or whatever um but she is happy now to have exact dates from the text with Nicola because there was dates going back and forth and it's like Mm -hmm. I'm happy to do so and I'm doing this and that it's there's strange text Mm -hmm. coded uh yes coded she goes to the police station because she's trying to find Ryan and she wants to report a crime and she tells them that she thinks her son is involved in something and she starts to explain and in this moment she can Feel the shift, like the flap of the butterfly's wings. And her lawyer instincts are like kicking in. Mm -hmm. She's like, something's happening. Something's up. Um, And at this moment, she is also thinking about 
the unintended consequences of what is going on. And she's wondering if she's doing the right thing. Like maybe Joseph should die and she should be helping Todd get away with it instead. Like what if he's a bad guy? Mm -hmm. And then she says, also, are there any missing babies around here? (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, there are, but he can't talk about that. Um, she is looking at the picture of the baby and there's something familiar about it. Um, she's talking about like Todd as a baby. It's making her reflect, blah, 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 baby stuff. Um, she's feeling regret and just her usual, like what she's already been experiencing. Like, yeah. she feels Am like I she's... a shitty mother? Is this my fault? Et exactly. Cetera, et cetera. Yeah. exactly. The burner phone, the baby missing baby and nicola is that what you said nicola 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 who has been stabbed and potentially died it's joseph jones who was stabbed and potentially did nicola is the one that was stabbed right at the beginning yes Yes. Yes. that had a similar mo Mm -hmm. so like todd knows her he's got Mm -hmm. this burner phone he obviously knows knows joseph he something's happening he knows two stabby people you're right yes oh my god do you think that they're stealing babies and selling them and that's how cleo got her chanel the handbag i didn't even think of that but yeah like because because um pauline said that she thinks that the sewing business is a front and i automatically assume drugs but why would Mm -hmm. there be a missing baby if there was drugs Mm -hmm. oh that's a good one I don't have, I have like no theories. I thought I had a theory, but then it was like, no, that's not. I just ran with that one because I just mm-hmm. thought of it, but I also have zero theories. Like I do not know how this book is going to go. It's a, I feel like it's going to be a twisty turning, going to keep us guessing. I guess Hopefully, so. Hopefully yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cause I'll be super pissed if she does have like a brain tumor. <laughs> it was all a dream she doesn't even have kids she's yeah at the very end and she wakes up and it's the right day she doesn't even have she doesn't even have a husband fuck all right well i guess we'll see you next week oh yeah and like what's this ryan guy up like what's important he's he's in on it somehow there's something weird yeah obviously right because why did he have the police badge why did he have that yeah and why is he getting his own chapters, this Ryan guy? Yeah, because there are no other chapters except for him. Or maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't looked. but Something like that. Okay. Yes. All right. Let us know what you think of the Facebook group, okay? Bye. Yeah. Do that thing. Goodbye. Read the next Goodbye. bits. Goodbye. 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 Thank you so much for listening. Please join us over at the Book Club Babes Facebook group for book discussions and to make your book recommendations or on Instagram at bookclubbabes.pod. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can email us at bookclubbabes.pod at gmail.com or contact us on our website at bookclubbabes.ca. If you love the Book Club Babes podcast, please tell a friend about us. And until next time, bye! bye. Bye. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.